So for those of you that don't know me, um, which will be most of you, I'm sure, my name's Taryn, and um, uh, together with my husband Chuck, we lead Catalyst Vineyard Church in Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we were City Church Aberdeen, and then on the 24th of Feb, we changed our name to Catalyst Vineyard. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a real privilege and joy leading the church. We've been leading the church for about 10 years, and right at the very beginning, um, I heard a few little, like little mumblings, little stirrings around the church, and then I heard someone say, Oh, City Church, you can't even open a paper bag without them wanting to lead us in worship. And uh, I was just like, that is who we are. That is who we are as a movement. We make absolutely no apologies about that whatsoever. And whenever there is a moment, whenever there is the opportunity, we will take it. Because we love to worship the Lord, don't we? That is what we're for. And John Wimber says this, We in the vineyard, from the very outset of our ministry made worship our highest priority, believing that it's God's desire that we become first worshippers of God. And worship, it never gets old. It never has and it never will be the warm-up to the main event. Worship is the main event. I'm preaching to the converted. I know. I know you know all of this. Worship is what facilitates bringing everything that we have to the Lord. It enables us to meet meet with Jesus face to face with him, to pour out all our love and all our affection and everything that we have onto him. Worship is making Jesus the focus and it's an act of surrender and love. And I'm loving, absolutely loving being here. Isn't it just wonderful to be in a room full of worshippers and having time, like an hour, 45 minutes, just being able to get lost in worship. It's just beautiful. And that's why you're here. That's why you're on team. That's why you do what you do, because you carry that heart. You carry Your desire is to pour yourself out onto Jesus. And it's so evident and it's so beautiful. And I know it's been said a few times, but I feel like I just want to reiterate and say thank you. Thank you for all the times that you pour yourself out in worship. Thank you for pushing through the difficulties, because I know there will be a lot. Thank you for making a way through the challenges which I'm sure there have been many. Thank you for pushing yourself way beyond what often feels comfortable or what you want to do. Thank you for making yourself vulnerable. Thank you for saying yes, even when sometimes you absolutely don't want to say that yes. Thank you for taking people and leading them into the presence of Jesus. And you know, you serve on the most precious and beautiful and sacred ministry that there is. You know, I don't know any other ministry that can take a whole room full of people and lead them right up to the gates of heaven and knock on heaven's door and then get out of the way as the gates of heaven open and the presence of Jesus falls. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty spectacular. It's wonderful. That is what worship is. 
is the presence of Jesus. And hey, folks, I don't have to tell you this. Just always keep it in sight. Always keep it the main thing. When you're planning your sets, when you're practicing, when you're leading the band, when you're in the car, in your bedroom, and you're worshiping the Lord, that's the prize, the presence of Jesus. That is the prize. Keep it in your mind. Tuck it deep into your heart. Don't let it wander. Don't let other things become the new treasure. Because there is nothing better in the whole of the earth than coming in worship to our King and our Lord as we encounter him in worship. And so today we are going to do a little bit of a heart check. You probably didn't really know what this seminar is about. And we're, we're going to do a wee little heart check because there are many different facets that make up a worshipper's heart. And I guess just like a car that needs an MOT or... Um, a body, our bodies, sometimes they need a bit of a checkup, don't they? Um, I think our hearts also need a wee bit of a checkup. We also need to pay attention to what's going on in our hearts so that we can identify the parts of our hearts that are thriving and flourishing. And there may be some parts that need some attention that we need to tend to. And so, um, as we go through this seminar, I'm going to ask some questions. And if, if you want to, um, it maybe would be a good idea just to write down what those questions are and then to put a number by them. One being, everything's going really well. Your heart is in a really great place. And five being, actually, uh-oh, I think I might need to take some care here. I think I might need to pay some attention to this. Now, this is for your eyes only. We're not going to do a sharing at the end, so, so don't worry about that. And can I encourage you as well? Sometimes in these moments, I know I'm tempted to go, well, I know what I would like the number to be. Um, and, uh, but don't put what you would like the number to be. Put what really is the number right now because I believe that the Lord wants to highlight some stuff in all of us that he wants to say this is this is beautiful this is wonderful but there's some things here hey let's go on a journey let's work on them Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks and worship is an overflow of our heart isn't it and so that means that what's happening to our hearts and then through our hearts is of utmost importance. And for you as worship leaders and musicians and worshippers, it's these two facets of the heart, the two and the through, that we have to continually steward. We have to continually grow and develop well. Because it's the gateway. It's the gateway through how we lead our church into the presence of Jesus. How we lead our small group or the kids or the youth ministry. We never find any outside in worship, do we? It's always inside out. It's always about the heart. The heart is where worship begins. And the heart is far more important than any gifting. It's far more important than any talent. It's our first and pr primary um, priority is about the heart. It's always the heart. And so it, I think it makes, reg it makes sense, doesn't it, that we just do a wee checkup and see how our heart is and look at what we're investing into it, how we're nurturing it, and there may be some areas that we can develop it. And so, 
I believe I'm praying that as a direct result from this time away, this weekend away, we will see and experience and our worship teams will see and experience and our congregations will see and experience the overflow, the brimming over of our heart in maybe a whole new way as we go home uh, tomorrow afternoon. And so we're going to ask ourselves some questions. We're going to do this worshippers heart health check. Um, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Shall we pray? And then we'll get stuck in. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would just come into this time, that you would speak, you would prompt, you would reveal our hearts, Lord. You would show us areas in our hearts that are flourishing and areas, Lord, that maybe you want to highlight that we need to tend to, we need to take care over. Lord, would you speak? Would you come? Would you have your way? Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Okay, so health check number one is, so worship, it starts with our relationship with Jesus, doesn't it? And so we're asking the question, does Jesus still captivate my heart? Is he still the number one person that I'm sold out for? Is is he the number one reason, the number one in my life? Simple as that. Just, I'm just going to pause a moment while you think about that. Remember, one to five. And just write that down. Okay, number two. Am I having a daily encounter with his spirit and with his word? Am I spending time in the word of God? Am I crafting out a rhythm of seeking his face and growing in him. Because the reality is we can't lead people where we've not been ourselves. And so we need to ensure that our spiritual well, it runs really deep, really deep. And so are we committed to deepening that on a regular basis? You see, we can't give out what we've not received ourselves. We can't go where we've not trodden before. We can't take worship to another level of intimacy if we're not in that place ourselves. The only way to keep things fresh and uh, new and alive within us is to keep seeking fresh revelations of Jesus every single day. Every single day. Number three, are we okay with this? Is this all right? Okay, okay, good. Um, Number three, does my heart keep short accounts with the Lord? So the worship team is such a precious, precious team. You know, you carry the weight of privilege and also of power. And so with that comes great responsibility. And in Luke 12, verse 48, it says this, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much will be asked. 
You see, you have been entrusted with much. And so it's really important that you keep your heart sweet, that you guard your heart. You come before the Lord and you keep it right before the Lord. And so that looks like keeping short accounts, keeping short accounts with the Lord. It looks like freely um, giving forgiveness and freely receiving forgiveness. It means having a clean heart. Maybe it means going to bed every night and asking the Lord, Lord, just show me if my heart isn't clean. Who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to let go of? Who do I need to apologize to? Also, confess anything that is secret or hidden. Now, I feel like so often it's really easy for us just to press stuff down, isn't it? And just to go, oh, I can't talk about that. And I feel like I, there's, there's maybe a couple of people that have been living with some stuff for a really long time and you don't feel like you can bring it out into the light. And I've, I really feel like this is a word for you today that the Lord wants to encourage you to bring what is hidden into the light. You know, because the, the enemy, if you give the enemy an inch, he will take a mile. That's what he does. He loves to keep things hidden. He loves to keep things secret. And he hates anything to do with worship because he knows that worship is such a powerful weapon that he will do everything he can to throw the book at you with temptations and addictions and uh, speaking into your insecurities and binding you up with those lies. He would do all that he can. And so if you haven't already, find someone in your life that you can do life with, that you can be really real with, you can be completely honest with, that you can bring those things that are hidden in the darkness, that the enemy wants to keep them there, you can bring them into the light. Because the minute you bring them into the light, oh my goodness, revelation comes, freedom comes. You can start the journey of healing and wholeness. And, and if you are in this room today, and like I said, I just have a sense that might be a couple of people, you have been living with something hidden for a really long time. The Lord is encouraging you, bring it out into the light. You don't have to stay in that place. There's freedom for you. In fact, can I just pray about that? Is that okay? Lord, I just pray for all of us. We're so good at hiding stuff, our insecurities, our weaknesses, being bound by the lies of the enemy. And we just ask now in the name of Jesus that you would just come and that you just bring your freedom to us, that you would just liberate us, Lord, where we have believed lies of the enemy, where we have been scared to confess certain things, Lord Jesus, would you, would you guide us and would you lead us into healing and freedom and truth and light? You love us and you love the fact that we are imperfect. And you're not asking us to be perfect, you're asking us to be real. So we commit to being real and open and honest. 
Amen. Amen. We're going to take some time to do ministry at the end. So if there is anything there that you would like to pray over, then we would just, we'd just love to, to do that. Number four. Is my com- heart committed to leading my own soul into worship? And all too often, I think we get worried about whether other people are worshipping and we forget that our primary responsibility is actually to lead our own soul into worship. To lead our own soul into worship, whether we're at the front of church or we're at the back of church or we're in our bedrooms, we are all responsible here for leading our own souls into worship. And so the question that we're asking us, how well am I doing that at home? How well am I doing that at home? How well am I doing that when I'm in the band? When I'm at the front? Am I carving out times to lead my own soul into worship? Because guys, this is so important. It's so important. We need to continually practice this. It's the importance of leading ourselves into the presence of Jesus. We need to do that. Number five. Is my heart committed to authenticity? I realize I'm going a bit fast that people can't even write. (laughs) I'm just pausing now, sorry. (laughs) So am I leading an authentic life as a worshiper? It's a pretty brutal question, I think, to ask. Am I the same person in public as I am behind closed doors? And I want to linger here for a moment, if I may, because again, I just think this is so incredibly important and it has to be the cornerstone to every worshipper's heart, a heart that is committed to a life of authenticity. And John uh, chapter 4 verse 23 says, true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. And it's who we are and the choices that we make that the Father is most interested about. Not our performance, not what we do up front on a Sunday. It's the choices that we make and who we are. And I guess the question is, are we the kind of worshippers that the Father is seeking? Are we the real deal? Are we the same person at home as we are in church or at work? Are we the same person with our family as we are on a night out? Are we the same person at the back of church as we are at the front? Are we the same worshipper? And maybe why don't we just take a moment to reflect back over the last time that you were in the band, you were leading worship, you were maybe leading a kids team or a small group. And just ask yourself, did I lead from that place of adoration to Jesus? 
Did I worship him with all that I had? Did I bring all that I am in response to all that he is? Just have a little think. You see, true and real and genuine worship, it's the goal. It's what the Father seeks. And I think so often when we are leading worship or in the band and we've been doing it for a while, it can just become like second nature. It can just become, oh, that's a thing I do. And I really feel like the Lord just wants us to take us back to that place. Remember why you're doing this. Don't go through the motions. Don't go through the motions. Worship that is deep, that is raw. It can be a bit ugly at times. That's passionate. That's real. That's what the Father's seeking after. Not everything beautiful, everything sounding wonderful. That's what he's after. And I believe that absolutely everything, and I mean everything else, is secondary to that. The lyrics are secondary. The music is secondary. The band is secondary. The PA is secondary. The media is secondary. Everything else is secondary. The priority is about being real and authentic in our worship to Jesus. It has to be the priority. And so often, as we know, it isn't. You know, the words become the priority. Leading the band becomes the priority. You know, does it sound good? <laughs> I mean, that is it kind of important, but it's definitely not the priority. And it all has to fade away. It all has to fade away against worshipping the Lord from our inmost being. And so let's just take some special care and attention to ensure that our worship, it comes out of that place. It comes out of that place and nowhere else. Is that okay? Number six. I'm loving that you're writing this down. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want this to be heavy. I'm, I'm, yeah, I really don't want this to be a heavy thing either. I just think sometimes it's important just to stop and check. Yeah. Number six is, is my heart committed to being uninhibited unrestrained and surrendered. I want to read a bit in 2 Samuel. I'm going to read 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting with verse 16. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, maybe, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. And then further down in verse 20, it says this. When David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to him and said, 
How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord and I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. I love that. I absolutely love that. You see, David, he had committed his heart not to worry about what other people thought of him. He had committed his heart not to worry about what other people were thinking about him or what he looked like. And because he had committed his heart to these things, it meant that he was able to be completely free. He was able to be completely wholehearted in his worship to Jesus. He was free. He was unrestrained. He was unrestricted. His whole body was free to worship the Lord because he had committed his heart to that. You see, this is not about personality. It's not about, well, you know, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert. I don't really like showing anyone worship how I, you know, you might be the kind of person um, you know, sometimes you have to tell your face that you're happy, you know, that, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my husband's a bit like that sometimes. I'm like, tell your face you're happy, darling. <laughs> and, um, but it's not about personality. It's not about that. It's about demonstrating an outward expression of what you feel internally, what is happening internally. Firstly, it's to the Lord. You're demonstrating that to the Lord. Of course you are. And then secondly, you're demonstrating it to the people that you're leading. Because they're all looking at you to lead the way. And if you're not leading the way, then they're not going to do it. And if your worship leader isn't doing it, then the likelihood is the band isn't going to do it. And so I want us to ask the question, have my band mates or my small group, or my congregation, seen a physical outward expression of my heart in worship to Jesus. Now, some, and these are some examples, these are not by any means, this is what you have to do now and go through the motions. That's not what I'm saying. But closing your eyes in worship, raising your hands, falling on your knees, Singing out a song spontaneously. Jumping around, dare I say it. <laughs> you know, we used to sing a song in our church, you know, um, we're, we're all going to dance, 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 Tim Hughes' song. And then I was just like, this is ridiculous because no one's actually doing it. You know, and it's like, come on, we're either going to do it or we're not. Are you having fun? Is there an overflow in you in those moments? Clapping, singing something spontaneously. These are some, and they're only some, some of the ways that we deliberately show outwardly our passion and our love for our King in worship. And I believe that as we fuel the fire of our souls in worship, 
as we fuel that fire, our natural response has to be that our hearts and our bodies are free. They become more and more abandoned to the things of the Lord. We don't care what other people are thinking of us. We don't care that no one else in the room is doing this stuff. We don't care because the overflow of the heart is bursting out. And maybe while we're in this place, and it is so easy, isn't it, when we're here to allow our hearts to be captivated and we can shout and we can get on our knees and we can move our bodies. But when we go home and we're in a cold school hall on a Sunday and everyone's as stiff as boards, it's a bit harder, isn't it? It's a bit harder. And maybe just today, we want to come before the Lord and we just want to say afresh to him, Lord, I'm going to commit my heart to be unrestrained in worship. I'm going to commit my heart to that. So as I make the commitment to my heart, my body will be free to do that. I'm giving my body permission. This is going to be a really short seminar. I didn't realize how short it was. So you can, you'll be able to go quite soon after ministry. But this is the last health check. <laughs> health check number seven. Is my heart committed to growth? No matter how uncomfortable that might be. And what I'm meaning by that is, am I committed to growing my musical abilities? Am I committed to learning and knowing all the new songs off by heart? Am I committed to regularly practicing in my bedroom and in rehearsals? Am I committed to furthering my musical gifting? Am I committed to pursuing creativity with my instrument and with my voice? Am I committed to seeking regular constructive feedback, Eek. to take on board that feedback so that I can grow and develop in it? Am I committed to being stretched way beyond what I feel is comfortable? And I want us to ask the question, have I grown musically and how have I grown musically and vocally over these last six months? Just have a think. How have you grown musically and vocally? Are there areas in my musicianship that I need to grow? What are the couple of things that I've been given constructive feedback on that I know I need to work on? And if you haven't been given any, then maybe it's a good thing to go and seek it out. Go find someone and just say, hey, can, I want to grow. I wanna hung, I'm hungry for growth. I trust you. I trust what you say. And so I'm keen for you to bring constructive feedback to me. And, and even though sometimes that's going to be painful, 
and that's going to hurt. I know you've got my back. I know you're for me and I want to grow in this because I know there's so much more. There's so much more and I do not want to stand still. I don't want to be stuck. I want to keep moving forward. Thing is, if you're still playing the same three chords that you, you did when you first joined the worship band, then maybe it would suggest that your heart isn't committed to growth. And the reality is that it's only going to hinder you. It will hinder you, but not just you. It's going to hinder those around you as well. Because commitment to growth is as much a team response as it is an individual one, yeah? It really is. And so I feel like I just want to encourage you guys to keep pressing in. To keep pouring all that you have and all that you do onto Jesus. Keep committing to the stretch. Keep committing to the uncomfortableness of it. And I am the first person that will run and hide from that. But you know what? It's it's in those places that we grow the most. And some of the most difficult to hear constructive feedback has been the thing that has absolutely transformed me in a particular area of my life. Keep committing to growing your musical ability, your musical gifting. Whether you've been doing this for a really, really long time, I think there was people here that said 30 years, or whether you're just starting out, you know what, there's always more. We never land, we never get there. There is always more. There's so much more for us. So keep, keep refining your craft Keep pushing yourself. Keep taking greater and greater risk. And absolutely no accounts must you play it safe. Do not play it safe. Do not stay within your comfort zones. Because God has created you to lead people into the worship of his kingdom. And we just love the fact that you guys do that. So thank you. Thank you for all you do. Why don't we stand? And I just want to give a moment for ministry. Like I said, this is a very short talk, which is quite good late afternoon, isn't it? It's good. Lord, we're here. We love you. We need you. And we just love a fresh revelation of you right now. Would you come? Would you minister? And Lord, we just give you permission just to start peeling away the layers of our heart. Those areas, Lord, that we know need tending to. We just ask right now that your spirit would just pour into them. Pour your spirit in, Holy Spirit. Just more now, Lord. More Holy Spirit, just go deeper. Just unlock things in our hearts, Lord, that have been shut down, that have been locked down. I feel for some people it's vulnerability. There's a vulnerability that you haven't allowed to come out in your worship. 
The Lord wants you to release you of that today. He wants to unlock that in you today. 